1: Hello and welcome back to Queer Talk, a queer podcast that brings you a regular dose of positive news stories and fabulous interviews. Hey. been a little while but we are back and blessed to be in your ears again and I do not want you to cringe at me saying that because I know you like
0: it. <laughs> Oh Spencer, you make me cringe every time. <laughs> Over the summer we've taken some time to gather ourselves, uh, celebrate Pride season and honestly just just live our lives a little bit, you know?
1: Yeah, you're right. It got a bit much, didn't it? We were doing live shows, we were doing recordings and the world was in a bit of a state. It still is a bit of a state but taking that break especially during Pride season is important and uh, we have some gorgeous positive news stories to share with you today and we have a very special guest. Today we are joined by Shivani Dove.
0: Shivani wears many many hats including being a presenter on Virgin Radio, a content creator, love the TikToks by the way, uh, Reporter on Openly News, and of course a podcast producer for the Logbooks. They are also a physicist, so super intellectual, and last but not least, a stand-up comedian. Like, can you tick any more boxes?
2: I literally have been called a box ticker before because I'm like and <laughs> queer, and a signed female at birth, and it's like, yeah, I'm bringing the diversity to this workforce every single workforce i go to
0: i don't, even, I don't know if you could bring diversity i think you're just hoarding all the talents
1: <laughs> yeah something like that all the talent went to you i honestly i thought i had my finger in a lot of pies or is, is that the saying i was no the
0: saying is uh, fingers in many boys is it yeah 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 i only i don't have my no, fingers thing, in lots of say, boys
2: the saying is finger in many dykes.
0: oh uh, um, yeah yeah depends on it.
2: which perspective you're coming at it from
0: very okay. true
1: well whoever's listening whichever finger you want in whichever hole um we, we <laughs>
0: uh, I we feel like Spencer left. you've lost this the I'm so is lost in I'm the so lost. Is in the hole. <laughs> we've thrown you <laughs> the thing is fingers in a lot of pies
1: in oh okay well, so I was right the first time yes okay well in short Shivani is a very busy person and uh, we're very grateful to have you on the show so welcome
2: Thank you very much, and thank you for that glowing introduction, because it feels like I'm very busy, but last week I did watch like the whole of a like teenage school drama thing on BBC iPlayer <laughs> in a whole day, and I didn't do anything else with my day, and it was great, and it had a queer storyline, and I was like, mm, fantasy, living it.
0: <laughs> what was it called?
2: It was called Rebel Cheer Squad.
0: Okay, I felt like you didn't want to tell us what it was called, out of embarrassment.
2: Yeah. Definitely, that that was what was happening. Um, Never it was, be embarrassed. It was. It's like definitely for like teenage, like twelve year olds. And I know somebody who was in the show, and she'd posted about how it like was revolutionary with the storylines, and it was a revolution. It was like two mixed race South Asian people in a relationship, in a lesbian relationship. It, it was gr- it was great to see that, and I'm like very happy that the kids get to grow up and see that
1: on the BBC.
2: On the BBC. I don't, I don't think I've ever seen like two South Asian people like in a queer relationship in like the mainstream media that's been like a positive spin where like it hasn't come from someone's been kicked out or there's some yeah. trauma or there's some rejection or whatever. This was like the parents were supportive, the friends were supportive, they fancied each other and they got it on. <laughs> and it's like amazing.
0: This is what Spencer and I say all the time. It's like, we just want happy, good representation sometimes. It doesn't need to be trauma-filled.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was, because obviously it was South Asian Heritage Month um, last month. Not last month, but like it goes halfway through the month. So it's just finished. And I got asked to write something about it. And I was basically, the only thing I was thinking about was the fact that as a queer South Asian person, like... I didn't even know that it was okay to be, I didn't like, I know that the reality for lots of people is not that you come out and it's rainbows and smiley faces and everything is happy because for lots of people, it's not that. And for lots of people, it is very difficult. I didn't even know that it was a possibility to have maybe a good response to a coming out story as a South Asian person. I thought it was always rejection. It was always shame. And it's not Yes, it does happen, but it's not always the thing that happens. And watching that show, like, actually, was quite big for me because if I'd seen that when I was a kid, it would have been. It probably would have been like way easier for me to come out. I probably wouldn't have repressed it for as many years as I did.
0: Yeah, and I I feel like when I was younger, like, I just wanted like some reference points to even tell like or my sister or my parents, like, this is this is it, just to make it a bit easier.
1: Just sit them down and say, like, watch the yeah, yeah, literally. Like,
0: no, but you, you joke, but like, that does help people to get their mind around stuff if they are really that, you know, yeah. on the other scale of things. Um, but, Shivani, you said you were just like not working, but what you're doing is research. Can I but just yeah, say? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And you do ever switch off? <laughs> Every,
2: everything's a hustle. <laughs> My hustles have hustles.
1: Listen, this is good. And we, we speak about it a lot. I think often in the queer community in particular, people feel guilt for having a positive experience of something. People feel wrong for feeling good sometimes, especially when there's so much doom and gloom out there. I think the whole point of doing this whole positive news story segment on the show is is to to bring back that light because there's not... Only negatives in our community. All, all three of us are thriving um, compared to where we have been. And obviously, you know, life's not necessarily easy for all of us. But there is a silver lining, if you like, to a lot of things, and you can find that balance. So, although you didn't come prepared with a uh, positive news story today, which is entirely our fault, I think you just did. I think that was it.
2: Watch this teenage show on BBC. Yeah, Ardell.
1: absolutely. Why? Why not? That was representation. It's important, and uh, we need to tune in.
2: It was, like, giving pretty little liars, but, like, not serving. (laughs) Like, that's what it was trying to do, but it was, like, on a significantly smaller budget.
0: Talking about positive news stories, Spencer, have you been reading? I know you don't like reading. but Have you been reading news articles?
1: Yeah, so I do have one.
0: Okay, good, good, good. I'm just checking.
1: So on on this call currently for listeners, you can't see that Shivani has this gorgeous swirly bookshelf filled with books. I... I'm obsessed. I equally have a lot of books. I have a rainbow bookshelf at home. But my embarrassing kind of fact is that I've literally never read a single one of them. I really struggle to read like my concentration, like I can't do it. I think audiobooks probably are the answer. But I like to buy them to support the queer authors. (laughs) So I buy them. in in hopes that I'm doing a good thing but obviously I should read them right
0: yes you should read and also when you meet authors like when we were doing a live show with (laughs) Sharon Daliwali Spencer's like I just don't read sorry <laughs> us- I, have, I owned
1: the book i owned the book so that's that's
0: enough that's for me great. you're supporting queer artists and writers. <laughs> well, maybe but, yeah, it's sh- just, like,
2: the type of book maybe you need like a queer romp rom-com type chick lit book as opposed maybe. to something serious and thinky and head scratchy
1: yeah maybe yeah. i'm normally like 20 pages maximum mostly pictures like that kind of book you
0: know a magazine person
2: graphic novels are legit <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe some graphic novels need to happen. Okay, okay. I will I will get into some book recommendations, but yes, I do have a positive news story. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Which is why we're all here.
0: Hit us with your positive news. Make us feel happy.
1: So, a trans woman in Vietnam told strangers to either hug me or throw water on me, not on me, on her. And the response was amazing. That was the headline. So a trans woman conducted a social experiment in which she stood in the street and asked people to either hug her or throw water on her. And people's responses were were really, really sweet. She posted this video to Facebook and um, in short, people were coming over and were like, basically everyone hugged her, no one threw water. At one point, someone picked up a bottle of water and I was like, oh shit it's this is not what I want to watch and then they basically drank it and were like you don't deserve this water to be thrown on you and I was like oh that's really sweet but also like this wasn't a drink station like move move on but anyway it was really sweet and it it took place over 90 minutes and literally no one threw anything at her which is really nice because the country is relatively progressive in terms of lgbtq plus rights but graham reed
0: wait so you're saying it was 90 minutes in vietnam probably warm weather like i would want some water on me (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, maybe they
2: weren't actually doing the horrible thing and being like you're gonna roast you're out maybe. here,
1: you're going to sweat. Oh God, oh God, you flip the whole story now.
2: No, 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 I feel Obviously. like they were trying to be nice. I feel like they were doing the nice. I was just trying to be controversial. No, they, I, love sure I love it, I love it. No,
1: con- controversy is good. Okay, controversial maybe. So, Graham Reed, who is part of the Human Rights Watch, told The Guardian that in 2020, a lot of progress had been made here, but there were still some reports of Vietnamese children being taught at home and at school that being gay is a disease, so a little bit problematic because um we again we this is something we talk about a lot that if you get people at the root of their lives i.e childhood and and school mm-hmm. and education that stuff kind of sticks with you throughout right that's where like everything begins and forms and ideas form in your head so to know that children in those schools this was a few years ago, so things might have changed, but we're being taught that being gay is a disease is incredibly worrying, but this social experiment kind of proved that wrong. I appreciate it's a small experiment based on the whole country, but this trans individual mentioned that she was hugged by more than 100 strangers in 90 minutes,
0: which is cute. It's very cute, but it's also how you spread COVID.
2: Yeah, COVID <laughs> doesn't look on anywhere
1: you two are proper debbie downers today
0: no that is lovely like it's it's I, I, You know, sometimes i love hearing stuff like that because it just reminds me like people are human and often we just see the bad stuff like people fighting people like throwing bottles at each other i don't know what happens but like it's always hateful and to see like it's a social experiment i'm sure it's not rigged for social media because that never happens <laughs> but like that's beautiful. And I, d- I didn't even know Vietnam was like that um progressive when it came to LGBT rights. And I'm just looking on the Wikipedia page now and I'm seeing like, you know, they had their first Pride in 2012 and all this stuff. And yeah, like,
1: yeah, it's it's a really positive story. And also to be hugged by 100 people is actually really nice. I've seen videos like this done before where people just stand blindfolded in the street and like with their like, arms a, out. Or like a hug me sign. Yeah, and yeah. it always worries me. But I think they always have people near them that like could check in if something went wrong.
2: Mm. Yeah, I, my worry would be if I was blindfolded that somebody would just like steal my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> like, because you can't see that somebody's coming up, like sneaking up to you to like pick right, your wallet, whatever. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that's why it should never have happened because of that risk.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, but this is so sweet. I really love the idea of it and like how it. Happened? did she have like a sign saying like i'm trans yeah, you, yeah yeah yeah. So it like,
1: exactly it's i can't read the sign because it's in a different language also but yeah i believe it it said something about being trans and it said hug me or throw water on me like depending on how you feel about yeah. transness i think it's interesting when people are confronted to actually think about something they realize that they don't hate it or aren't disgusted by it like i think a lot of hate comes from ignorance and, and like uneducation
0: yeah a lot of a lot of the hate against gay and especially trans people is like the dehumanizing of of people and this is exactly what i like saying like you know it's not a disease don't teach it in school like people are people and give them a fucking hug
2: yeah and it's also I think the element of people saying like I've never met a trans person or I don't know any trans people mm-hmm. And I think doing that and like putting a face to being trans and saying like, hey, I live in your neighborhood and I'm trans and I'm here. And if you vote for the person who's going to make my life really horrible, then like just know that this is the face that of the person who's going to be affected by that. Mm-hmm. And making it more personal brings that element of something to what is otherwise a theoretical debate or conversation and when it's theoretical and when it's sort of a thought experiment it gets callous and I think often people forget that trans people are human beings with thoughts and feelings and emotions and friends and family and just deserve to be treated with basic respect
1: yeah I think you're right. Put, putting that face to something does always help. I think trans is a buzzword and it's something people are very scared of, particularly if they don't know trans people or trans communities. And I think it's okay to question something that you've not come across or that you've never understood or had explained to you. But I think there's a difference between questioning it and and being very hateful or, or against it. But you're right. Any human experience of something. If you experience, you know, that inner person, it definitely helps kind of it just makes it more normal. Like we we you've both said like people are people, like we particularly being in the community like I don't no one's no one's that much different from anyone else obviously we're all incredible and we all have our own things going on but like we are just human beings like just trying to pay our bills and watch tv shows on bbc iplayer and you know read books or not read books which might be the case for me with regards to the whole wallet thing I don't worry too much about my wallet being stolen because it's generally empty So I'm just kind (laughs) of like, it's gonna be fine. Like I've got nothing to lose.
2: Yeah, but won't you need your ID to like get into a bar, and then it's been nicked, and then you're like, oh, no, you're right. Passport out. You're right.
1: you know a few weeks ago i went to heaven for the first time
2: oh god i'm sorry i'm sorry
1: (laughs) and they id'd me i've never been id'd for shit thankfully because i'm a bit of a weirdly organized person i had my passport saved on google drive right for work oh yeah so i showed them i was like hey i'm really sorry like i've got it on google they were like no no they said don't talk to me unless i talk to you i was like
0: that's so oh.
1: I was like, "I'm, I'm sorry." They were like, "You're still talking." I was like, "Oh, anyway, show my passport." They were like, "If you show up here again without real ID, you what are they going to be- do? You'll, you'll be banned for life."
0: I was like, oh, no. for and your life life's gonna be over because you can't get." I was like, house.
1: "I just got here. What do you mean banned for life?" Anyway, they let me in. That doesn't um, sound it was- like
2: a bad thing, though. <laughs> like honestly, if I got banned for life from heaven, I don't think I'd be upset about sure. it.
0: Daniel. Yeah, you've got so much street cred. I'd
2: like make a t-shirt like I'm banned for life from heaven and all I've got is a t-shirt. Like I <laughs> would wear it as a badge of honor. I mean, well, should,
0: we, we should make that now okay. i'm gonna i'm
1: gonna go back and get banned for life just because you two told me to it's wild listen for those who know me i do not go to clubs i don't go out that much and i was just with a group of people who wanted to go to heaven and mm-hmm. it was actually a good time like it was just cheesy pop music and i was you know just dancing in a dark room and then the lights came on and it was 6 a.m and they said go home and i was like oh my god it's 6 a.m i need to go
0: home. Is this the same night that you um, met Alok? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were both in Soho. We didn't know. So we did, literally didn't even meet up. Yeah, it
1: all happened. Small world, small world. And like, yeah. I, I, sh- I just need to stay in Manchester in my little apartment and never leave the house, basically. That's the result of that Yeah, story.
0: and we'd all be better for it. <laughs> um... <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
1: Story number two. Go, go,
0: go. Yeah, story number two. So last week, I actually did bump into you, Shivani, UK Black Pride. Yes, I um, did. UK Black Pride has been going on for many years, uh, I think since 2012. And it's a day festival in East London. It's been moved, moving around a lot if from different parks because it just keeps growing and in these bigger and bigger venues, which is like such a great thing for an event which celebrates Black and Brown, LGBTQ plus people and their communities. On the day, they hosted over 25,000 people and had loads of performers. Like Beyonce experience was there. Yes, uh, They had food trucks, which like literally it just smelled so good. Uh, it was a really hot day so we were all dying from the heat like, honestly but there's also lots of charity stores and that's what i really like about uk black pride is there's always loads of charity like stonewall mermaids they're all there and they're all like again an opportunity to connect with more people uh, and just push their campaigns and you know whatever they're doing at the moment like they have that space and it's actually like prominently displayed it's not just a side thing and they have a tent for panel talks as well which is great you, you know you sit down in the shade and just like listen to people talk about stuff um student unions as a, a south asian panel uh, always every year it really is like just a great event that has everything and it was in queen elizabeth olympic park and lady phil this year who is the co-founder and you know, executive director announced that the Federation of Black Pride, which is like an organisation in America which kind of connects different Black Prides, has officially recognised this event as the largest Black Pride event in the world. And that is just like such an amazing thing because like we probably all know people who have organized or been part of uk black pride and how much it means to them to do this every year and like come on like london is doing the biggest black pride in the world that's great incredible we should shout about that
2: i think it's absolutely phenomenal i loved it i love bumping into you that was a that was like a cherry on the top because i like suspected you might be there but wasn't sure
0: I'm always um, around. I'm always around.
2: There's, I just like, <laughs> for some people, days like that can be quite intense with the heat and like being outdoors and lots of people. So, like, I don't want to assume that people are going to be places. Mm. But it's always nice to see people that you know and love. And what I love about Black Pride, what well, you touched on with the charity stalls and everything, what I noticed was you come in at the like entrance and you've got your people on the door sort of like scanning you in or whatever like checking your bags and whatever and then you come in there's like this great photo opportunity and then you walk down this like one of two sort of paths mm. where either side there are like community stalls and there are charities and there are different organizations and groups like who are doing the work like Prepster is there and uh, She Her They Them was there which is like a femme focused nightclub space and like All these different groups were there doing the thing. And then you have to sort of go all the way to the back. So you walk all the way through the people doing the hard work who are there, like, championing, supporting our community every single day of the year, 365, seven days a week. And then you get into, like, the bit where the sponsors are. Like, it's not, like some of the other prides that we go to I won't name names but it's not those ones where they're like oh you've paid loads of money so you can go at the front of the parade it's very much yeah. like got its priorities sorted yeah. yeah and i really like that and it makes me feel like it's a more comfortable space
0: that's like a like a really good point cuz when I went, I obviously did notice all the community stalls and charities. I never even think about the sponsors, and I know TikTok were sponsoring, but it wasn't. like It was totally it never any point like thrown in my face. And then, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. That that's a great thing about UK Black Pride. It does put community first. It honestly does.
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's important because I think also on top of the stalls and the community aspect, there, the UK Black Pride family, in terms of like the group of people that run the event and plan the event and and work all year round to make it happen versus other pride organisations. I think seeing the way that they just interact with each other and work together and like support each other's ventures outside of UK Black Pride also is magical to see on social media. Like they genuinely are there, one, because they care about the cause and about bringing these people bringing these communities together but Mm. they also like genuinely love working together which is exactly what you want from an event like this you shouldn't no one should be there as a burden or like no one should be there because it's a chore like people genuinely want to make this event work and as a result you know it's become the biggest one in the world which is crazy like big news
2: it's absolutely amazing it was like what twenty five thousand people yeah and quite a lot quite a lot and like as a queer person of color, like there aren't many spaces where you get to go that are like queer focused and have so many other people of color. Black, brown people, People from East Asia, people from, you know, Southeast Asia, people from Latin America, people from all kinds of different countries with different cultures, different traditions, different languages, all coming together, all partying, all celebrating. And it was such a nice feeling to also not... I feel like in in most rooms as a queer person of colour, I'm in the minority. I'm either like in the person of colour minority or I'm in the queer minority. And it was great to be like part of the majority of queerness and of being a person of colour because obviously allies are welcome. There were lots of white people there and there were straight people there as well who were allies. And it was nice to just be, it was nice to feel like how a cis white man would feel in like most rooms. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah, I totally get that. That was a vibe. When when do we, I just want to be a cis white man.
2: I don't don't (laughs) want to be a take away, but I know what you mean. You just don't want to think
0: about being a minority or like think about being othered you just want to be
2: but like policing your language I don't want to have to think about like what words can I use in this space or like mm. am I being too much am I being too extra am I you know slipping into Gujarati like I would at home but in front of people who would look at me funny whereas like at UK Black Pride most people there probably also code switch in one way or another and it was just nice
0: it's always it's always been that kind of like it's a lovely meeting point for a lot of people uh, every time I've gone I, I just get to see everyone that I love, and like a lot of acquaintances as well, but like people who I probably talk to on Twitter a lot and never see in real life, and it's you know it's an event that kind of does bring people together. At least like Londoners, that's why Spencer wasn't invited.
2: <laughs> I did actually meet a bunch of people who travelled down. Like yeah. people make people make the effort, Spencer.
1: <laughs> oh, so, so I was supposed to be there. There was a train strike on the Saturday which literally ruined everything. I was texting, I've seen like a few days before and my friend Dwayne and a few other people. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to come and support and be part of this. Like, it's just, there's, there's so many people that we've connected with, particularly through lockdown, through the podcast and through other ventures that we're part of. And to... Have all these people in one place, and to be able to finally meet them in real life was like really exciting. And then the train strike was like, "Lol, you're not going to this event, so you need to calm down." And I was like, very, very, very upset. I was, I was looking at Ubers. I was like, three hundred pound for an Uber. I feel, I feel like I could make that work. And I was like, no, it's, just uh,
0: put that on the business expense.
1: <laughs> we'll charge it to Quaid. Like, to be honest,
0: uh, if you had come, it would save me a lot of hassle because everyone kept asking me where you were.
1: <laughs> oh my god, Dad!
2: But the thing is, is like, um, the the gay girl we can't drive like I can drive but like as a stereotype and there's always a bit of truth in this stereotype in particular a lot of the gay girlies can't drive so they could have been like a rent a coach and all drive down together but who's going to be piloting that coach?
1: Should it have been should I have done that? yeah you could,
2: have, you could have done that i could
1: have hired a coach okay next year i'm hiring a coach i'm bringing everyone from manchester
2: yeah do a party, boss. A, party a boss vibe.
1: i feel like i'd be a great host mm. of a party boss yeah
0: i think like i need to get on more of these pride planes and pride <laughs> trains i keep seeing them online like we you know when there's new york world pride everyone got a, um, a virgin plane there and had yeah. a party like and pride a couple of weeks ago They had a train. A Francis Bourgeois was there. Am I, please? Francis Bourgeois, who
2: has not stood in solidarity with the rail strikers and therefore (laughs) has lost a lot of respect in my eyes.
0: Oh, no. He's on the side of the train companies.
2: He's very like, rah, 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 I love trains. I don't care about the people who are driving them, though. Well no, I don't know if he I don't know if he says that, but he hasn't said the opposite of that. So
0: He doesn't want to get involved in politics, and I'm okay with that.
2: I'm not okay with that. (laughs) Because it's it's people power and it's the power of the union. And like imagine if Francis Bourgeois managed to get all his TikTok girlies like on the union hype and then we'd be so so unionized
0: he's going to take over the world he has so much power but he could he could literally use that following to do something you're absolutely right yeah i don't want to say anything bad about him because i do really like his tiktok videos
2: (laughs) you just want him on the podcast (laughs) you're gonna sense it all a bit you made that happen for us
1: if if you're listening francis (laughs) i did see a little bit of controversy around gk black pride now obviously like we just pointed out i wasn't there and this pride is not designed for me so I don't want to um, you know step over any lines but I'm curious to see what your experience was because there were a number of tweets that went out from people of colour who attended who said that They felt the Pride event had kind of gone in a different direction this year. And it was more of a festival party and less of like a political movement. And yeah, I'm I'm curious to hear your take. My take, based on some conversations I've had with friends, is a really weird one. Because when we critique these spaces in the same way that we've critiqued other Pride organisations for the wrong that they do, you have to be really careful. Because if we lose these spaces and we lose these organisations... We then don't have the opportunity, for example, UK Black Pride, to bring 25,000 people together. So it's a really, really difficult one because absolutely people should be held accountable and people should use their platforms for good and all of these things that we already know. But if you critique them too much and you bring them down and you shut them down, then what do we have left?
2: I think that's a really valid point. But also, like, I think you can criticize and you can do it in a constructive way where you want something to be improved and built upon, but I will never let let anybody come for UK Black Pride. Not in the way that it is at the moment. I absolutely love it. It's the best day of the year. I look forward to it every single year. Like the date when they announced the date for it, I'm like immediately circling that in my calendar. Like everything else has to plan around this. And some of the criticisms about how it wasn't political enough. I wonder if they were at the same event that I was at. Because political activism comes in many different like shapes Mm -hmm. and sizes and ways. And like getting TikTok and like some big makeup company to sponsor this event, which would have been very expensive to run. But also not giving them any platform at all and letting the community take center stage that I could like name multiple community stalls that were there. I cannot tell you what this makeup brand is that was sponsoring the event. And if you looked at the acts that were on the stage where people were performing it was like very political very queer acts like radical drag performances um lady phil did a speech she she brought out um ted brown who is an absolute legend who was there at the GLF who was marching in the street 50 years ago at the first ever pride march in the UK who is one of the most incredible like gay liberation activists and he did he made a speech he said some words it was political i don't know where these people were there was an element as there is at every black pride i've been to of like being able to step away from that and being able to like not be in that big crowd, 20,000 people, 25,000 people. That's a lot of people you might want to step away. And there is that option to be able to do that. But if you were looking and paying attention to what was around you, it was amazing. It was incredible. And it's one of those spaces where everyone is put on an equal footing so like you'll get some prides where they put like a little bus full of celebrities that goes up ahead in front of everybody else and they get celebrated more than everybody else but i was walking around and i was spotting like huge name celebs that were just like everybody else walking around being part of it having to like decide what to eat because they the food at uk black is amazing so like it's an equalizing event it's great and also Even if it's not political, I realise I've been talking for like 45 minutes about this, but (laughs) even if it wasn't as political as some people would have liked, the people who are doing the organising of UK Black Pride and the people who are there with their charity stalls, with their community stalls, with their, like, selling their products or like getting you to sign up for their mailing list so they can tell you more about the community action they're doing or whatever it is that they're doing they are working every single day of the year and they are working for not a lot of recognition not a lot of money they are like getting constantly like just stuff thrown at them whether that's from like funding as a charity like the government the news like whatever it is and they're putting in the work and if it is just like one day where maybe it's not that political and maybe actually it's just about being with other people who are politically minded but being able to say we should be able to relax and we should be able to enjoy ourselves and there is power in just celebrating black joy and queer joy and black queer joy then like that is political
1: boom yeah i think you should just take that mic right off the wall and just drop it yeah just drop the mic
2: my ted talk like
0: (laughs) you're absolutely right i hear you like it is
2: there is, like, no room for argument in no way. <laughs> like... I no.
0: Mean, you nailed it. You nailed it. Like, I think sometimes when those criticisms that you had, Spencer, from Twitter, like, I think sometimes people expect political to be angry mm-hmm. or, like, you know, the whole thing to be protest and anger and shouting and you know speeches about it but like there's no joy in that like we are doing that because we have to sometimes but like look at what we've just experienced like a pandemic you know w- there's been a lot of stuff like, it's heavy stuff like just let us have one day where we can celebrate the community that we love
2: and it was political celebration like where else are you going to find an event that gathers that many lgbtq plus people and is giving out monkeypox vaccines
0: yeah absolutely right they were giving out monkeypox vaccines That's no political. other event has done that
2: that is political. That is healthcare. Healthcare is political. Queer healthcare is political. Yeah. Like, there were loads of people giving out condoms. Like, that is still so important. There were people talking about PrEP. There were people talking about, like, there, there was, like, Stonewall. There was Mermaids. All of these things, being able to access these organizations and these charities and these otherwise sort of, like, big... Maybe scary for some groups and organizations but being able to say oh hey you work at this charity i've been meaning to like get in touch because i'm thinking about xyz and i don't know where to start like these things are political it might not be you know storming parliament but it's still the work
0: i mean we literally live in a country where we don't have any vaccines for monkeypox it's constantly running out of stock they're not funding it because it's you know affects gay people right have we not learned any lessons and then we also live in a country which is literally turf island so having an event that has monkey box vaccines as you pointed out and is also trans inclusive is political i think we concluded it is political and those twitter haters need to disappear
1: absolutely yeah. i think let's draw a line under that i think you're right like every everyone's experiences are valid and i'm sure those people had their reasons for saying what they said but then i think you know, particularly as you two were there. And, and you're right, even just holding space, like holding that space and having that many people in one place is is it. So I think um, you're absolutely right. And I think-
0: I have to say though, Shavani, uh-huh. you're very observant. Like you experienced a whole day. Like you knew what was happening on stage. A lot of times I didn't because I wasn't everywhere. And I, I genuinely appreciate that you, kn- you kind of, you knew what was happening. You saw the political in it. You saw the celebration, yeah and I, I was just kind of like a ditzy ditzy blonde in UK Black Pride just like oh my god I'm in I'm in mesh
2: you <laughs> looked hot though so I
0: mean there was not much to wear because it was a really hot day
2: it was so hot but it was that's like like I said I literally circled the day in my calendar I look forward to it every year because it is home it's community it's politics it's pride it's protest it's all of the things that I want to be able to have every day and yet we're not in a society where we get that every day but like spaces like that 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 make me feel like it's possible and it's achievable.
0: Other prides could learn from UK Black Pride. yeah. Yeah. But
2: there's but there are other prides where like, you know, the name might be different, like trans pride for example, Mm. where it's very like, obviously the focus there is like trans, non-binary and gender diverse people, but is very pro-black and is very like aware of the issues that black people in the LGBTQIA plus community experience. And like they are given a sort of stage and a spotlight in a trans pride march. And that's a different kind of event. That's like a protest. And we walk through the street with our placards and we scream and we shout and we stamp our feet. And, like, we listen to speeches afterwards and it's all very, like, DIY, grassrootsy activism, like, anger, Mm. solidarity. And there is a space for those kinds of events if people want to go to them. So, like, if you want to scream and shout, go to Trans Pride. And then when you want to celebrate love and joy and each other and the work and the community, go to Black Pride. And, like, we can have both things. We don't have to pick.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, they both exist.
0: Yeah, we can go to all prides except for spencer hasn't been to either of those like
2: what we need to do is like next year we need to get spencer to both of them and like come back to this and be like what did you experience that's
0: Absolutely. a really good idea yes. I might, i'm
2: gonna
1: hire a helicopter and fly in oh, babe, that... you don't
2: need to be extra
1: sorry
2: how much are you earning come on
1: i'm uh, literally nothing yeah literally nothing I'll start saving now. I've got a year.
2: If you've got helicopter money, you've got money to give back to the community. That's Dead. what I'm saying.
1: I'll give back to the community. I've, I've seen loads of gifts in the past. It where, keeps I, sweet. where are my gifts? I'm sorry, not sorry gifts. Send me your address. Gifts are on their way. So when we will do
0: the sequel for this episode. We'll figure out how Spencer has enjoyed prides. And then there'll be a gift giving ceremony so <laughs> <laughs> Spencer will give us gifts.
1: An unboxing. An unboxing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay so i think that is all for today short and sweet and lots of a uh, very very important conversation and a gorgeous roundup of positive news for you you should attend all pride parades they all offer you something different um, and these spaces are gorgeous for the community and you should also go and stand in the street and see if people hook you um it's just be careful or throw water <laughs> at you of course on a but- hot day could be what you need If they're
2: throwing water at you, make sure you've got water to throw back on them.
1: Absolutely. We should have more pride water fights. I feel like that's something that doesn't exist. That I would love to. A queer
0: water balloon fight. So, Shivani, I did a huge intro for you. So I'm going to let you do your own outro. Like, how can our listeners follow you? How do they keep up with you uh, and see how funny you are on TikTok, maybe?
2: (laughs) I am on Twitter. If you also don't care about your own mental health and are on that health site, then (laughs) you can follow me at Shivani Darvey and that is spelt Dave so S-H-I-V-A-N-I-D-A-V-E on Twitter and you could type that into Instagram as well but over there it's uh at da underscore vey so at D-A-H underscore V-E-Y and I'm not one of those like classy people who's got all my handles sorted out so if you're the kind of person who can help me out with that slide in the DMs. <laughs>
1: slide Always in the DMs. Something. I love, it. I love it. Do not forget to let us know that you've listened to the show on social media. We are on Instagram at queer underscore talk. And on Twitter, we are queer talk underscore. We also don't have our handles sorted out.
2: How do people get that? It's like a mystery.
1: You have to be a big deal like Cher or Beyonce. And if you're not Cher or Beyonce, you don't get it.
0: Or muff Muf Just saying. I just have yeah. like at Muf seen everywhere. So please follow me if you don't already.
1: The Holy Trinity, Share Beyonce, Mufscene. Oh
0: <laughs> Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.